No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good afternoon, Winnipeg. Good afternoon, Manitoba. For all those joining us from the bluegrass of Kentucky to the flatlands of Manitoba, we say good afternoon, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with the hardest working man in sports entertainment, well, entertainment questionable, sports media, <laughs> let's just say, Dave Manuk. Uh, I am your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets 4-2 victory. At least I think it was 4-2. Was it 5-2? Was it 4-2? 4-2 was the final I already answer. hit send on the tweet, Drew, so as far as we're concerned, it was 4-2. <laughs> there you go. 4-2 victory over the Minnesota Wild. The first of two straight games against these uh, Central Division rivals and the first game between these two teams this year certainly lived up to the billing Dave you had emotion as you would expect you had a sold out crowd in downtown Winnipeg which was great to see and for those of you who cheer for the Winnipeg Jets you saw a victory to end the home portion of the schedule for 2023 mahalo to you and welcome home <laughs> thank you Drew aloha as they say yes. and uh, it's good to be back in Manitoba as I was tweeting, it's, I knew it was time to return when my my Uber driver to the airport was named Brandon. And I said, oh, actually, he said, where are you from? And I said, uh, Canada. He said, where specifically? I said, Winnipeg. And he pointed at his name on the Uber. I said, Brandon, yeah. And he goes, named after Brandon, Manitoba. So I, did you did you I mean, I, I saw your tweet to that effect and it was an yeah. interesting tweet, but I, there, there's got to be more on the bone for me to chew on there. I have additional like are, were well, I was parents hoping, from Brandon. Was he conceived in Brandon? Like I was what, hoping what, what, that, what was going on. I was hoping that it would spur people to come and join the show where invariably we would end up discussing this yes. as we do uh, tend to focus on minutia or minutia in this instance. And, and no, it turned out that his family was from uh, Manitoba. He had ah. aunts and uncles here, so he was very familiar with our province. Uh, but he was a born and bred Hawaiian, so it was kind of kind of neat to have that connection as I returned home. There you go. That's a funny one. It's, you know, it brings it reminds me of a story. Uh, we're already digressing before we even started the post game show, so you know we're into, we're going to be in for a good one. It reminds me of a story. Uh, Laura and I. The reason I wasn't on the the Saturday show this morning is Laura and I spent last night uh, in Lexington. We left the kids with the grandparents and we went to the Kentucky basketball game and then stayed in a hotel in Lexington. And when we got married uh, in Lexington. Uh, 12 years ago, uh, we were talking to the, not the wedding planner, but the person we were dealing with at the, one of the hotels that we were dealing with. And he turned out that he had a family cottage on an island in Lake of the Woods. So he was very familiar with Winnipeg as well, because that is where he would frequently fly into every summer uh, to go to the family cottage in Lake of the Woods. So, you know, you never know when you're going to make uh, connections. And you, it is a very small world as the cliche goes. So, uh, uh, there you go. You had your Brandon connection. And of course, uh, we have our Kentucky well, uh, Lake of the Woods Winnipeg connection. As and well. I know we want to talk about the Jets and Wild game. It was a fantastic <laughs> game. And folks, don't worry. We won't be spending too much time. But if I get a chance to talk about my Baba Tootsie, I'm always going to use it as an opportunity to talk about her. So quickly, Drew, yes. my aunt once called. It was my Baba's 70th birthday. And my Baba, as most Babas, I think, are some Zetas. Yes. Were, was a huge fan of Young and the Restless. Yes. So my aunt called California, uh, called the young and the restless. She wanted to get some eight by tens or something by the various folks on that show. 
to autograph it for my Baba or do something for my Baba. And so she phoned uh, the Young and the Restless Studios or whatever in California. And the, the lady answers the phone and says, hi, mom, what's up? My aunt thinks, hi, mom, what's up? And the lady goes, are you calling from Winnipeg? She's like, yeah. She's like, well, my mom's in Winnipeg and, and she's the only number that ever calls me from that one. So I just assumed it was her. Anyways, there's my uh, random connections, but I had to mention about my Baba. Sorry, had to, had to throw it out there. There you go. It's well, that was well worth it. Uh, you know, the, the, the random stories that we usually come up with here on this post game show never cease to, uh, never cease to amaze, but, uh, <laughs> yes, there you go. Isha boy, Bruce, you're right. Victor Newman was a legendary, uh, bad guy. Uh, if you are a Y and R fan, I'm not sure if it's still on the air. I mean, somebody else. Could I think it is that. actually, it yeah? is. Okay. I'm pretty sure it is. And I'm pretty sure if you ever want to be an actor and have longevity, just be in a soap opera because 99% of the time, yeah. the ones that were in it 30 years ago, first of all, they don't look like they've aged at all. And they're still on the show. I got Spency. This Jets game roundup is really coming together. <laughs> hey, Drew and I haven't been together in like ten days, so we're just uh, this is this is just bringing it all together. This is the longest Dave and I have been apart for. You guys are lucky that if we if we get into any of the goals of today, <laughs> if the Betway game recap starts before six o'clock uh, Eastern time, which is an hey. hour and ten minutes from now, then uh, we'll be in, we'll be in uh, in uh, in good company. There you show. go. Yeah. Uh, anyways, you know, a very entertaining game in downtown Winnipeg today. Uh, the Jets and the Wild, two teams that certainly uh, don't like each other. And I'll give credit to Joe Piscucci, who joined me uh, for the post-game show. What day was that? My, I mean, I, I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday. The days are blending together, I'll be honest. Uh, on Wednesday, he's the one, uh, as we were wrapping up the post-game show after the Jets and the Blackhawks, that mentioned the Ryan Hartman factor. And I really, that had slipped my mind, Yeah, uh, you know, going back. Because it's sort of weird that it's December 30th and these two divisional rivals haven't yet played each other. So there were, you know, you never really had an opportunity to get any closure on that. And you certainly felt, you know, nobody thought Hartman, which I sort of was surprised about. But, uh, you know, you certainly, you know, these two teams, it doesn't take much for them to dislike each other and for them to get the hate on uh, with each other. And you saw that today in what I thought was a pretty entertaining hockey game. Minnesota is a team that I would describe as better than their record. I know that they had the terrible start to the year. It caused not their defense. So Drew, their defense is that's right. Their defense is their defense isn't very good, and that's exactly where they're struggling. But you watch that team, and they play. I mean, they've they've been very good since the coaching change, uh, and it's probably more than I would say just the dead cat bounce uh, because you know there's some you know they have some fundamental quality to their game uh, in spite of their limitations and i thought the jets did a good job of just staying patient and staying within themselves as they've done so often uh, in the course of, of this season. And anytime Minnesota punched, the Jets punched back. And of course, the Jets really landed the, the haymakers early on in taking a 3 nothing lead because Lord knows this Jets team, it's now 24 <laughs> straight games having given Which is up a new three... NHL record, correct? I think it was a new record. I think they set the new record on like Wednesday. 20... Yeah, I thought that it was 23 because I think they were tied with Tampa at 22 and right. then they set the record on Wednesday. But yeah. nobody has said, you know, hullabaloo about it. I know it's it's the holiday season and everything, but, you know, usually the NHL, anytime any team sets a record and no matter how obscure that record is, right. they like to tweet it out from their uh, their their facts and figures their PR or chip, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, 24 straight games now that the Jets have given up three or less. And 11 of the last 12 having given up two or less. And we know that's a recipe for successful hockey and winning yeah. hockey. And, you know, when you when you jump out to a 3 nothing lead on home ice, yeah, there were times it got a little bit hairy, but the Jets did a very good job of just staying with it and uh, expanding on the victory uh, after Minnesota uh, got within that one goal early in the third period. Look, I mean, this is, it was 
it was an interesting game. It was setting itself up, even though the Jets were were, were pretty decent favorites, according to our friends at Betway, Drew. It was mm-hmm. setting itself up for a very good game. You had a Minnesota team, as you've touched on, since John Hines took over the bench, that have, have not lost a lot of hockey games. And so you, yep. you knew that they were... They were feeling it. You knew that they wanted to kind of, I mean, they haven't, it was interesting because it was, they said it on the broadcast, unlike the Jets who are now nine, three and one against the central, of course, coming into today's game, they were eight, three and one, but you know, by my maritime math, that's 12 games before today, the wild were only three and two. They'd only played five games against a uh, central division opponents. So I thought right. that was interesting. Uh, it's a scheduling know, quirk. I would say there. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. But again, this is a team that was 11 and three and oh, 11, three and oh, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Since John Hines took over, they'd won four straight games. Mm-hmm. Um, and you knew that they really, this is, I mean, this game, to win this game clean is significant. Yeah. And we talked about it. it and we talked yeah. about it on this morning show with, uh, um, no, well, not, we didn't talk about it, Drew, but I wasn't there. I talked about it with Jimmy Toth, yeah. who, who thanks again to him, who fought through injury to, to make sure he could be on the show with us. But, um, you know, one of the things we talked about was this opportunity. You are now 10 points up on Minnesota. Yeah. And and that's big because again, it, 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 it you know, very easily if you lose both, it could be four. And now you're at 10. Worst yeah. it's gonna be is remaining at eight. Is even Steven. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it it's null. But I mean, in theory, if you get a win, you get you get a point in extra at least, you know, you've really you've built something over the course of this weekend. You're adding to again, you're you have games in hand on Colorado, you know, you're right there with Dallas. And but the one thing we talked about was you Nashville and Arizona are still coming on. You yes. know, St. Louis is sticking around. Arizona's playing great hockey. That's what I mean. So I think Arizona had won two in a row, Jim said. But the fact of the matter is... But they're they're, they're one of the best teams since, you know, I think beginning of November, they're one of the top teams in the league. If right. I, you know, I don't know exactly the number, but I know that they've been playing some ter- tremendous no. hockey as of late. And, and Joe from Winnipeg, uh, you know, our friend said that Minnesota, coming in today's game, Minnesota and Winnipeg were two of the hottest teams in the Central, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. it, was, it was clear. Arizona's also been a very good team. But to me, that again, this was—I well, I won't say it was a statement game, but I thought it was—it was just an important m- measuring game for Winnipeg to show that they could be consistent. Yeah. Now, they, look, there's still some gremlins. They, the power play is still not great. They got yeah, their but, penalty, but it, but it looked better today. Little, it did look better. It did look better. Yeah. It just—it just—and look, you got to give credit where credit is due. And I thought Gustafson played very well in net for the two periods he played. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Andre Fleury obviously came in in the third. That was his 999th game. So tomorrow will be game number 1,000 in the NHL, yeah. which is an impressive mark for the legendary uh, netminder. But the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, you wanted to see if the Jets were going to be a consistent team, and they were. They were consistently, you know, as you said, they, they played well. And when they needed to, they answered the call if they needed to respond after whether it was, a, you know, an, like a hit or whether it was a goal against. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to score right after Boldy scored. Yeah. No, I mean, that, well, that's, that's 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 a significant play by actually Johnson Vielby, who's got two goals in his last four games. And you know that those guys and Tom Nato, he's been playing. He's been noticeable. Right. So you've got mm-hmm. all of these guys again, when you're not getting goals from Mark, Mark, almost said it, Mark Andre Shifley, but Mark Shifley <laughs> and Nikolai Ehlers and Gabriel Velarde. Well, hey, you know, Nino Niederreiter steps up and, and yeah. you know, Drew, I tweeted it during the uh, during the hockey game. But like. It was already a steal when you got him for a second and he was good for you last year. And then you signed him to the extension and he's doing what he's doing this year. And it looks like absolute larceny. I mean, it's, it, it, it's unbelievable. It, there's no question about it. And, and, we, and we, we've banged that drum 
you know, and not just us, but really everybody who covers this team has been banging that drum almost since it happened. But uh, just a perfect fit. And you're right. I mean, he's just a, you know, he he's a, a winning hockey player. And, mm-hmm. you know, his contributions in today's game can't be overlooked, of course, with the two goals. And we'll get into yeah. all those goals and we'll get into all the goals the Jets scored coming up here momentarily on the Betway game recap. But, you know, he's a winning hockey player. Teams that he plays on win by and large because he he just goes to the right spots and he pl- he knows how to play winning hockey and he demands the same of his teammates. I mean, the Jets are playing winning hockey. And when they got, uh, there were times where they got a little bit sloppy in today's game. And, and you know, Kevin Sawyer, to his credit, pointed it out that there were some passes that were going east-west when they needed to go north-south. And sometimes that bit the Jets a little bit, uh, you know, in the behind, not necessarily directly leading to goals, but maybe directly leading to a change in the flow or a change in the, yeah. in, the in, in how the game was played. But, uh, you know, th- those were, you know, again, Largely, those are fewer and far between when it comes to the fewer and further between far. I need to go back to work, <laughs> <laughs> losing an old command of the English language, but yeah. uh, fewer and, and further between than, than the regu- than you know, what has come to be expected. So that's, you know, these are all the good things that the Winnipeg Jets continue to do. And that's why they get rewarded. That's why they win games. That's why they're getting contributions up and down their lineup. That's why, you know, things are going so well for this team. And you absolutely spoke about it, Dave, to win on home ice. Look, you're playing on home ice today. You're going in front on of a sold in front of the first sold out, sold out crowd of the of the season. Right, exactly. So, you know, uh, home ice t- tonight. You have to win that game. You want to win that game clean because even you're right. Even if you go into Minnesota tomorrow and whatever happens is going to happen tomorrow, and it's going to be a tough game for both teams, equal footing yeah. for both teams. But you know, worst case scenario, you're you're you are where you are. You are where you started before uh, this uh, two game series began, and and that for the Winnipeg Jets is in a commanding position over their division rival because you know Minnesota and the Jets. You know Minnesota's had the Jets number the last number mm-hmm. of years and played some pretty good hockey against the Jets, and it's been a strong for the Jets to succeed against Minnesota. Uh, but to get the win on home ice tonight, like they did, or this afternoon, like they did, well, it certainly leaves everybody uh, in downtown Winnipeg feeling good. It leaves the players feeling good. Now they jump on a plane. They'll get to Minnesota at a reasonable hour tonight. Uh, yeah. And then they'll do it again uh, tomorrow before they probably, they'll be back in Winnipeg long before uh, the ball drops tomorrow night for uh, for new on New Year's Eve, which is sort of a bizarre uh, scheduling and timing and everything else about that. Well, I mean, they can come and join me at the Moose game and watch the indoor fireworks at Canada Life from uh, indoor fireworks. Is that what's happening tomorrow? Tomorrow after the Moose game, it'll be uh, also fire extinguisher night, is my understanding. (laughs) We'll see. I've never seen indoor fireworks, although I was reliably informed by someone in the chat this morning that Kiss, no surprise, had fireworks. So I don't know how extensive these fireworks will be, but uh, you know, maybe instead of seeing the fireworks go all the way up into the sky. Who knows what they're going to be, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm still trying to figure out how exactly I'm going to make this work, whether I'm going to be doing the post-game show at Canada Life or if I'll do it here, skip the first period, and then go there for the second and third. Yeah. But either way, I will be uh, I will be available. And uh, Drew, I thought I'd close that blind. I was going to say that blind as, is... As I mean, sun, I'm just looking at you, and, and the blind yeah. is blinding me looking at you with, with <laughs> that this. sunshine coming through. It's a Watch bit this. of, a, it's a, bit of a, a gray day here. Uh, in Kentucky, so I won't have to worry about any sunshine uh, coming through. But I'll tell you what, Dave, now that you've mentioned KISS, why don't we kiss off this preamble and get into the Betway (laughs) game recap, talking about the Jets' victory over the Minnesota Wild. The Betway game recap. 
the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve post game show. It, of course, is brought to you by our friends at Betway, the most trusted voice in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Hopefully, you were like me and bet on Ole Miss on the money line against uh, who they played against uh, Penn State this afternoon in the Peach Bowl. If you uh, happen to be a college football fan, there you go. Uh, hopefully our friends at Betway are still going to be able to pay me out. I'm sure they will. They're a most trusted voice in sports betting for a reason. Please play responsibly, of course. That's the important part that Betway would like you to know. Uh, let me switch from my... Again, I'm almost back to getting my second screen, so it'll be a little bit more normal for me. I'm all discombobulated without the two screens. And the next, yeah, you, do, the, you need your second screen, Drew. That's no I'm a big second it. screen guy. That's really what it, what boils you down. Might have, to you me, might so. you may have to trade the clock for a second screen. Oh boy, that, that, that I don't think the, I don't think anyone's going to agree with that trade, Dave. The clock <laughs> the clock is priority number one. I think people would rather trade me than the clock. All of a sudden, there'll just be some random person in my in laws' house doing the show and showing the clock, and they'll be like, "What happened to Drew? Why isn't he on the show anymore?" Uh, in any event, uh, the Jets open the scoring. It's at the three fifty nine mark of the first period, and it's sort of funny because before this, the Jets had done what they did so often uh, in Chicago on Wednesday night, which is of course. Uh, hit the post. Josh Morrissey hit the post early mm -hmm. in tonight's game, and you're wondering, okay, here we go again, but that was not the case on this one. The Jets do get a favorable bounce. Uh, it's Alex Ayafalo, his sixth of the year, guy who was definitely in need of a goal. He'd been going through a bit of a, a slump and a drought on that on that front, uh, on the points front after starting the year so strong. Ayafalo getting at his sixth of the year assist to Vlad Nemesnikov, uh, and this is really just he turns and he fires a knuckle puck sort of from the top of the circle and to the Jets' advantage and to the Jets' benefit and to the the woes, the woes of the wild, it uh, deflects off of Jared Spurgeon and it deflects off the goaltender Gustafson and goes top corner. You couldn't have put it any any, any higher up right under the bar, bar down and, and out, but it counted for the Winnipeg Jets, a fortuitous bounce and that gets the Jets on the board early in this afternoon's contest. But, you know, Drew, you really, I mean, you're right. Absolutely. I mean, it was a lucky bounce. There's no question about it. And, well, yep. I should say lucky bounces because, of course, it hits Spurgeon and then it hits um, uh, Gustafson and then it goes into the net. But but also you have to like, and, and I will probably say this more than once, is you, you have to like, A, the aggressiveness, but also the good forecheck by the Jets. You know, and you know, yeah, got Dylan Sa you've got Dylan Samberg who's coming in. You've got Colt Brevetti who puts himself into a perfect spot. Now, he doesn't get an assist on this, but he's aggressive on... Um, What's his name? 89, who I uh, can't remember his name off the top of my head now. But, you know, it's just a nice play by him to to force. 89 is Frederick. Uh, oh, Goudreau. Goudreau. Uh, Goudreau. Yeah, yeah, Goudreau. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so he forces him to make a quick play who tries to get it out. Nemesnikov is backing him up. He gets a stick on it, which, of course, has the puck go to Al I Alex Iafalo, who, you know, look, that's sometimes what you have to do. It doesn't always have to be the perfect shot right. or the perfect situation. Sometimes just getting it on net is gonna is gonna be what you need to do, and that's you know a, an important goal for Alex Iafalo. Make him feel like again we talk about it all the time. You can't always just rely on the top goal scorers to to produce. You mm -hmm. need that depth, and and you know this the story of today's game, of course, is going to be about the depth scoring because that's yeah. where it, you know obviously came from today in the third and fourth lines or however you want to configure them. Although I guess that was technically a second goal, a second line goal, but but the second, third, and fourth, not just not the first right. line, I guess. It, was, it, but the it didn't it didn't come from uh, Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde, who again I thought they played uh, an okay game at best. They would probably give them probably a. And even uh, then, their their number their their advanced stats were fine. They just right. they just I agree with you. They didn't they didn't they didn't they dominate. We're they used to dominate. We're used to domination from them. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Yeah. But 
but it, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's just, a, it's an important goal for Ajax Alifa, Alex Ayafalo to get him, you know, going in this, in this game and, and get that, get the team excited because they talked about it on the broadcast, Minnesota, when they score first, mm-hmm. 10 and 0, when they score in the, during this stretch in this 13 and four stretch or now 13 and five stretch that they're on under John Hines in 10 of those 13 games, uh, 10 of those 13 wins, sorry, they had scored the first goal. So yeah, they were pretty good when they scored first. And, and that was one of those situations where, you know, although interestingly, and it, it continued today, Minnesota is one of just five teams to not be able to come back from a two goal deficit uh, this season. So, um, you know, that well, voted well when the Jets NHL were able to rule. extend their lead. By NHL rule, once the Jets score three goals, they just automatically win. The game. <laughs> that's what happens. The, ga- the game just ends and we all move on to the next game. That, that, that's the new rule the NHL has decided to implement uh, <laughs> implement based on the Jets play uh, so far this season. So one nothing early on for the Jets. And that's exactly how you want to start on home ice in front of the, uh, you know, a uh, sold out crowd. And, uh, you know, I saw some comments in the, in the chat saying, you know, uh, it wasn't quite sold out. No, the number that uh, the 15-2 and change is the sold out number the after the seating uh rearrangements that have been done at uh, canada life center so it was a sold out crowd tonight uh, mm-hmm. in winnipeg and you know it good for the jets they played well they they you know and so they deserve to be supported and good for fans deciding to uh spend their hard-earned money to watch the team because the team has been playing well so you know it, it's a quid pro quo situation you know uh and it's uh you know and the the the, the the fan base is rewarding ownership and the players for what they're doing on the ice uh, Jets made it two nothing. It took about uh, just under ten minutes, or a little more than ten minutes later, at the fourteen thirty eight mark of the second period. Uh, Nino Niederreiter. First period. Pardon me. First period. Thank you. Nino Niederreiter, uh, his eleventh of the year assist to Adam Lowry, and this is what you want to see from this line. It's just a hard working goal where they're bigger and stronger. Uh, than the opponents, and that's exactly what it is. It's a strong forecheck. I still don't know how Mason Appleton doesn't get an get assist. Get an assist, yeah. an assist here, but it's a strong forecheck by Appleton and Lowry. They go and win a puck battle uh, behind the net, and you know they're just stronger and harder to play against than both John Merrill and Zach Bogosian, old friend of the Winnipeg Jets, Zach Bogosian, uh, playing for the Minnesota Wild, which maybe speaks to some of their defensive shortcomings uh, that mm-hmm. we talked about earlier in the postgame show. They go in there, they get the puck, they retrieve the puck, they win the puck battle. Lowry tries a wraparound, and the rebound is just sitting there for Nino Niederreiter. And where does he score from? He scores from basically in the crease, because that's where he scores all of his goals from. It's just sitting there, he tees it up for him, and he pops it in uh, past Gustafson to give the Jets a 2-0 lead. And it's not pretty, but it's effective. And it's so uh, the Jets have been using this effective kind of style of play all season long, and that's what you saw here. Yeah, for sure, Drew. And and you know what? It's interesting that you mentioned the Appleton the lack of assist because I, you know, someone had asked me about Cole Perfetti on that first one, but I had seen you know that Goudreau when I, when I went back and watched the um, the replay that he had he had been forced you know kind of quickly to to get rid of the puck and Nemestikov was the one who got the who blocked it and then it went to Ifalo on this play. I, I thought you'd give Appleton the assist because he had the touch on it, but regardless, it was a it was a nice forecheck by that by yeah. that line and it was really aggressive and he had actually led the forecheck even just prior like they show him on the initial on the uh, replay they show him with that forecheck but he had led the forecheck like 15 20 seconds earlier and he had really started to create something in the minnesota zone so you like to see what what mason appleton was doing there and and that's that's the interesting thing about stats right we tend to focus on who got the goals who got the assists, but sometimes you know a guy like mason appleton does the hard right. work 
behind the net, you know, doesn't banging and crashing and, and doesn't show up on the score sheet other than, you know, he gets a plus one. But the fact of the matter is really, you know, he's an integral piece of that, of that puzzle there. And so, you know, he does the hard work and the heavy lifting and, and really goes up against two guys and he gets the, the help from Adam Lowry comes in and, you know, he does, he does his own heavy lifting. And then you're right. You just look at what Minnesota did defensively there. And you're mm-hmm. thinking to yourself, like, what are they doing? Like, Merrill's a step behind Lowry at this point, so he's already lost them. Yeah. Uh, Erickson Eck is in no man's land. Um, who's 12 again on Minnesota? Is that that's not Boldy? It's uh, 12 is Matt Boldy. You got that right. Yeah, it is Boldy. Okay, yeah. so Boldy is just basically kind of watching Lowry do a wraparound. And I know he's got to watch the the defenseman, but he's you know, they basically are just standing around watching. And so you're thinking to yourself, well, well that's a good opportunity. And then Nino Nudorider drew, as you said you know, perfect, perfect time, perfect place. And he's just a smart hockey player. And he does mm-hmm. the things that smart hockey players do, which is go to the front of the net and look for an opportunity. And he can see, I mean, I'm sure again, you know, the hockey players analyze the game, right? So what is he doing? He's analyzing that opportunity for himself to, you know, sees that everybody's kind of standing around watching Adam Lowry. Well, he sees that here's an opportunity, finds a soft ice and sure enough, puts it in and suddenly now two nothing and the crowd is into it. I mean, that that's amping it up right there because yeah. You know, you can just, again, it's funny because we talked about it on this morning's show, Saturday, or not necessarily Saturday afternoon, but afternoon games can be sleepy. Sure. And even though Connor Hellebuck loves an afternoon game. He loves them. He loves them. But even though they, they he loves them, the fact of the matter is they can tend to be a little bit of a sleepy affair. This we knew wasn't going to be sleepy because of, you know, the history of these two teams, the rivalry between these two teams, what Minnesota has been doing, the Jets wanting to kind of step on their throat and really prevent um, this sort of sustained Allow, or just prevent Minnesota from allow, you know, allowing them to kind of get back into that, you know, central division race. And like I said, it was a three versus a seven, but it didn't feel like that uh, prior to the game and throughout the course of this game. So, you know, it's two nothing and, and, and the, the crowd is into it and they're pumped up and they're excited. And uh, yeah, folks are pleased in Winnipeg with the two nothing lead after uh, 20 minutes. And I think what were shots like 13 to nine or something like that. 12 to Jets? nine. 12 to, 12 nine, to nine after, yeah. after 20 minutes, a very I effective I think they had 13-9 on the on – T- I think TSN had it as 13-9, and then I think that someone else said 12-9. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll forgive them this one time yeah. and this one time only. But, look, a very effective opening period for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, that's exactly how you want to start off. It's exactly how you want to play against the division rival at home. Uh, haven't played since Wednesday. You had the skills competition. That was, what, Thursday? They had a practice Friday. So they've had a little bit of downtime, never mind the four-day break before that. So this is exactly how you want to come out and respond uh, to, you know, the, the loss to the Chicago Blackhawks, a team well below you in the standings. And not that it's a horrendous loss. Uh, uh, or anything, but uh, you know, this is how you how you want to respond and how you want to come back. Uh, so it's two nothing for the Jets after 20 minutes, and then they make it three nothing. And boy, is this a huge goal! You know, you're just sort of uh, digging the hole that the Wild are trying to have to dig out of deeper. And it's Nino Niederreiter again, his 12th of the year, assist to Josh Morrissey and Mason Appleton. And, and, and again, it's not anything pretty. It comes after the Jets had killed off a penalty. So who's in the box at this point in time? This is with uh, just after uh, the Adam Lowry penalty for holding expires. So that was the first mm. penalty. Uh, was that the first penalty of the game? No, that was the first Jets penalty of the game. Second penalty of the Lowry, game. Overall. Lowry had the first. Yeah, it was Lowry first and Jets then penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, then it started to get a little bit crazy with the parade to the penalty. Well, it was, it was stupid for both teams, by the way. I, I, yeah. This is not like some sort of like, oh, poor Winnipeg. I, I thought the ref, uh, the sun's back. I thought the refereeing was kind of, kind of, you know, mid, if you will. 
Yes, it, 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 it's almost as mid as your your blinds uh, there. We're gonna start a GoFundMe to get Dave some better blinds. And well, no, in, I have the house. You gotta understand. I never do shows when it's this when it's this bright. Usually, I do a show on Saturday morning, so the sun's you know fit where as is. It's not not bothering me. And now uh, now it's somehow it's it's gotten me. There you go. So, Trapped. We'll, we'll, I know it's okay. You, you're gonna wear we'll, shades. I was going to say, you can wear your sunglasses at night there, Corey Hart. Uh, in any event, it's Nino Niederreiter again, as I mentioned, at the 645 mark of the second period. So the Jets kill off a penalty, and then they get rewarded. And again, it's nothing particularly uh, pretty. It's nothing that's going to make any sort of highlight reel or anything along those lines. It's Mason Appleton along the boards doing the dirty work. Uh, and he gets it back up to Josh Morrissey, and Morrissey takes a shot, and it's a shot on goal, and the rebound is there for Nino Niederreiter. It's, you know, again, mm-hmm. it's just basic effective hockey. It's, you know, get it in deep, pucks in deep, back to the point, shot on goal, rebound, goal. It's, you know, sometimes there's not uh, a huge level of analysis required aside from the fact that you're just executing at a higher level than your opponent is and that's what you saw here with the jets again executing their game plan uh and and taking advantage of a weak minnesota defense and 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 their inability to handle uh the jets relatively ferocious forecheck mason mm-hmm. appleton again no you know in this role he is very good and effective at this role. Don't ask him to become a scorer. He's not going to be a scorer. But that ship has sailed. You know exactly what you have in Mason Appleton. But when he's playing on a line where all you're asking him to do is go do, go play a hard game, you know, you know, and a simple, effective game. Well, he's playing that at a very high level, and that's you saw another example of that here to make it three nothing for the Jets. No, there's no question about it, Drew. And and you know, further to what you've just mentioned. I mean, Josh Morrissey didn't just, he, that was intentional, right? Like he didn't, yeah. he didn't just throw it at the net. Like we, we say, no, sometimes, it's, it's like, a ah, shot for, it's a shot for a shot rebound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually thought it was, I, to be honest with you, I actually think he was passing for, I actually think he was shooting it to pass to um, Nina Ryder. I really right. do. I think it was, I think it was more of a intentional, just, it was a hard pass, but I think he was just trying to get it to Nina Ryder because he saw where he was again, right in front, causing havoc, causing a problem for, for the wild and mm-hmm. you're taking advantage. The one, the biggest weakness from what I can see on this wild team is there. I mean, Kaprizov, I didn't think he was very noticeable in, in today's game. I thought a lot of their guys kind of didn't look very noticeable. Well, Jared um, Spurgeon just coming back into the line. Yeah, he had missed, I mean, he's missed the last seven games. So that's, that's tough, but I just think that their defense the yeah. is, you're I mean, right. look, Zach Bogosian, how many minutes did Zach Bogosian play in today's game? Uh, Zach Bogosian in today's game played 1728. Yeah, that's, and, and and that's like, just a lot. That's a lot to ask Zach Bogosian at this point of his career. This is a guy that's who, right. you know, is a seventh, eighth defenseman. You know, yeah, that, that's the role he was playing in Tampa Bay largely is really depth defense. You know what you're getting from him. You know, he's big and he's physical, but he doesn't have the foot speed that he, you know, th- remember, we all remember Zach. Uh, it was just a long time ago. Somehow we've all gotten a lot older, but uh, you know he, you know, we remember when he, where he was drafted. He never blossomed into the offensive defenseman that his uh, draft status and his draft uh, slot would have expected. But you know he was a strong, tough, physical defenseman. Yeah, and he's still yeah. that. But now he's just slower and 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 just not as effective in 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 big minutes on a regular basis like that. Coincidentally, actually, Brendan yeah. Dillon yes. passed Zach Bogosian today. There you go. Game stage random jet stat of the uh, of the, uh, <laughs> the post game show. Uh, passed Brendan. He passed uh, Zach Bogosian into 29th on the all time list with 195 games wearing a Jets jersey, tying Brandon Tanev and Pierre Luc Dubois. 
So there, there you go. go. Dave, Dave can only Dave can pull out these uh, <laughs> these uh, it, these nuggets no, of, of wisdom. Let's call but, them. How about but that? But no, what's interesting, Drew, is that it yeah. seemed like Zach Bogosian was in Winnipeg forever, and it feels like Brendan Dillon's been in Winnipeg relatively, you know, recent. Sure. So it doesn't feel like those two would have played an equal number of hockey games for this Winnipeg Jets team. I'm just saying. So that that's why I thought it was just an interesting little stat. Anyways. There you go. Well, well done with that interesting stat. I agree. Uh, so three nothing for the Winnipeg Jets uh, at, at this point of the second period. Uh, so six, just about six minutes, uh, six and a half minutes, a little bit more than that, six and a half minutes into the second period. The Jets have that three nothing lead, and they're feeling good about themselves. Minnesota's cuts into the lead, and they do it uh, at the ten oh five mark, three minutes and twenty seconds later. Uh, it's uh, enemy of uh, Ealers, Ryan Hartman. That's on the power play, his eleventh of the year assist uh, to is this Marcus Johansson I assume that's who that is for the uh, Marcus Johansson good veteran player he gets his 15th assist and uh, Frederick uh, Goudreau again uh, is also on the score sheet on this power play goal and it's really well executed power play something you can't mm -hmm. say very often about the Jets this year although the power play did look better for the Jets it had more movement it had more scoring opportunities it was less static uh, than uh, most recent games but this one's nice it goes it's really a tic-tac-toe pa passing play uh, up at the point is where Goudreau has it down low to uh, to uh, Marcus Johansson, then cross crease uh, is able to get it to Ryan Hartman, and it's on and off sticks very quickly, and no chance for Connor Hellebuck on this one. And it's three one for the Jets halfway through the second period, Dave. Yeah, and the Jets looked like they had gotten out of that. You know, it was the end of the of the power play, and it's interesting because it actually didn't even look like uh, uh, Johansson even got it clean drew but he yeah. you know he gets it to hartman and hartman puts it it's hard that's a hard save for connor hellebuck to make and and he doesn't and and yeah again it's it was a big focus of today's uh illegal curve hockey show because we talked about the jets special teams and we mm -hmm. said and i the question i posed to jim i won't pose it to you drew because i'm not the host but Thank when you. i was the host i posed the question to jim what is more important for for the jets right now to fix the 23rd ranked power player the 26th ranked pk of course the numbers would have changed by after today's game yeah but it, it it really is a, a you know a question as to what this team is going to have to do to get a little bit more effective. And you know Murat wrote a really good article, and we talked about it already, so we don't have to go into it in the post game show. Mm -hmm. But just talked about some of the things you want to see the Jets doing, and and one of the things that he touched on, and it's one thing we've talked about on this show, is just the lack of movement from these guys when they don't have the puck. That they seem married to their positions as opposed to shifting. And so that to me was was a little bit more. It was a little bit better today, I thought. But mm -hmm. still, I think the the decision making was was better today. I still think that they stuck with those kind of married that idea of being married to their positions. And look, it's 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 been a problem, you know. Again, when your power play, Rick Bonus said it yesterday after the was it after the Chicago game, or was it yesterday? And regardless, he said five or six games. He feels that they've been it's cost yeah, them special teams from the special teams. victories. Yeah. So you've got to you've got to tighten things up because again, you don't have to be top ten in both in order to win a Stanley Cup, but you need to be you know, a lot amongst the league average at least. And right now the Jets are below that in both categories. Yeah, it certainly would be a, yeah, that, that would be an and aspirational it, spot for the Jets to be in, no question. Well, about and, it. and again, even if they're like the wild, you got to remember, even if the wild don't score on their power play opportunities, the Jets were out shooting the wild 20 and, and don't get me wrong. I thought the, I thought the penalties against both teams were, were pretty marginal. Yeah. I didn't like, I didn't like a lot of the calls. I thought a lot of the calls were just, were not great calls. I just thought, let them play. It's, it's been an entertaining hockey game. You don't need that many penalties, but you know the refs are the refs, right? But but I would they, agree. But with you there. They, if you're going to call marginal penalties on both teams, just you know, 
the problem is that you know they get they get so they they go down a rabbit hole. They call one marginal penalty. Yeah. So then yeah. what do they have to do? Then they have to call another marginal penalty to even it out. It's a makeup call. It's a Revlon. And then, uh, you know, then what happens is then they just start calling all the marginal penalties for the rest of the game. The standard changed somewhere between the first period and the second period. And, yeah. And look, it, it's a difficult job. Don't get me wrong. And, and I hate spending time talking about it, but it's just the reality of it is that the it's just so inconsistent uh, from period to period. But I'll give them credit in that at least it was it was consistently poor for both teams or consistently <laughs> uh consistently weak calls let's say or consistently uh you know middling calls rather than yeah. latent calls uh for both well, teams and look it just impacts the game because at that point you're up the jets are up three nothing and they're out shooting minnesota 20 to 9 i think i wrote 20 to 10 in this tweet in our tweet on the earlier but i think i saw after it was 20 to 9 i'll blame tsn again but the fact of the matter is drew that you know Minnesota took a 13-2 shot advantage shortly thereafter, and then suddenly it was 22-22. You know, right. so it, even though the... It takes the, you out of the, the flow. When you're playing five takes on you out five. of the flow, but it also gave Minnesota a lot of life. And that's what I was... That's what, to me, was was the problem for the Jets was that not only did Minnesota score on one of their power play opportunities, but it, it gave them a lot of life in that game, a game that Winnipeg looked to be controlling. At five on five. At five you know, on five. If the game, if the, if, if the, if the parade of penalties doesn't begin, the Jets are, are again, controlling the flow of play at five on five for the most part in today's game. These the early parts of it. And, and yeah. right. And then it got disjointed and it, you know, the Jets want to play at five on five because they're one of the better five on five teams in the league. And, and so that's, you know, it's incumbent on them to stay out of the penalty box in that case as well. Well, and Drew, they, they were, they were so penalty call happy. At one point, the guy called the penalty on Brian Little. Really? <laughs> well, I it was funny. He, he he meant to call the the penalty on Adam Lowry, and he goes eighteen, and I'm like eighteen. I'm like, is Brian Little back in the game? What's going on right now? Yeah, I'm like, right. you guys are going a little too far with these uh, penalty calls here. Yeah. Uh, so three one though for the Jets after forty minutes. So they're you know they give up the goal to Hartman, and you know there was more penalties even after that. Uh, the too many men on the ice penalty. Uh, the, you know there was that good uh, the good fight between uh, or the good the roughing penalties between Brendan Dillon and and Joel Eric. That was a good tilt. Well, that was before the fight, but just those two guys yeah. battling in front of oh, the net. Yeah. That's just good, hard net front battle. And then, yeah, the, t the tilt between Middleton two fives, and yeah, Dylan. Yeah, exactly. was also a good, you know, you could tell the physical nature of the game. No question about. Sorry, Drew, I'm going to do a little, a, a little, is, is that Rick Middleton's kid? Uh, I, my guess would be not, but I have no idea. I'll let you uh, Google that and, and find out, or you can look that up during the commercial. No, I just break. want the chat to tell me. Okay. Somebody in the Austin chat. Brewing, great, Rick Middleton. Yeah, I, I don't think the age would work though. Wouldn't Middleton be? Wouldn't mm. his kid be older by then? By now? I don't know. That's Somebody why else we have can, the chat. That's, that's yeah, why we the have chat, the chat to let the us chat know. can do the research. Where's the intern? I, I see. I saw Amy. I saw the intern's mom. But where's the intern in, uh, today? I don't know where she's at. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, so three one for the Jets after uh, forty minutes. And then how's the third going to start? Well, the third did not start well for the Winnipeg Jets. And boy, the Minnesota Wild needed this. And they got it. 3-2, 20 seconds into the third period. Uh, it's Matt Boldy, his 11th of the year, assist to Kirill Kaprizov. And the Jets just sort of lose him. They just, you know, something that they've been very good at preventing this year and avoiding this year is ease to the high danger areas. And that's what happened here is that... Uh, 
is that uh, Boldy is just sort of left alone. Brendan Dillon, is, to me, is puck watching, and uh, Boldy goes to the soft ice, and Kaprizov feeds him. Uh, and, you know, Boldy's a good player. He's a good young player, and he's a good young goal scorer. As you can tell, he's already got, uh, what do they say, he's already got 11 this year, so he's well on his way to get probably, you know, somewhere between uh, 20 and 25, give or take. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's the, the Wild get a very early third-period goal, and they're feeling good about themselves 20 seconds into the period, Dave. For sure, and you know, like that—that that to me is—it's could have been such a, a change in the game, right? Because you know that the the Wild are suddenly they're feeling into it, and you're thinking, well, is Connor Hellebuck going to give up more than three goals in this game? Because of course, that's what it's going to take for Minnesota to win. Yeah. And you know, a goal twenty seconds into a period is 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 tough for well, it's tough for either. You know, it's it's good. It's a boost, obviously, for one team, and it's it's a hard for the other team. And so, you know, it, it it's unfortunate because Lowry had almost had possession of that puck kind of poked it loose and they took a good bounce for the, for the wild. And then, you know, they, they just made a nice connection and you're right, Drew, at some point they're kind of, they're kind of puck watching a little bit, but it was, a, you got to give Kaprizov credit because that's a nice, that's a nice no look pass yeah. by him. And he's you're a, right. I mean, he's a fantastic hockey player. No, there's no question. And, and, he, and he, he wasn't great today. And, and he's a fantastic no, I, I didn't. Player. I just didn't think he was super noticeable throughout the right. course of the game, but on this play for sure, you know, he, while, while wrapped up uh, by the, def- by what's his name, um, it was a nice play by him. And so yeah. that, that to me is the, is the credit where you, you give it because I, I, like I said, I didn't think he was particularly noteworthy, but I think it was Pionk, but uh, you know, he makes, he makes the play, he gets the puck. And then next thing you know, the Jets are, are now only up three, two, and it's, there's a lot of hockey left to be played in that third period. So you're wondering what are we going to see from this Jets club? Are we going to see the Jets right. club we've been seeing consistently throughout this quote December to remember which is a lot like the November to remember but but you know or are you going to see a team that's going to revert back to some bad habits Right, because the Wild has now scored uh, two straight goals to make it kind of from three nothing to three two, and there's still you know not, uh, almost the entire third period still to go. Uh, Ishaboy Bruce, good friend of the show, uh, says that uh, uh, Jake Middleton is no relation. So I didn't think he was. So there you. Yeah, uh, I did a quick. I did some quick looking as well, but I appreciate is there boy Bruce looking as well. There you but go. I was hoping. Yeah. And Bailey is back in the chat. She just she has, she said she had to run an errand, but uh, you know cl- clearly I'm I'm a little bit uh, off put by the timing of that errand, Bailey. You know, for the record, though, for the record, his yeah. brother Keaton Middleton plays for Colorado. Oh, okay. There you go. Thank you for that. Uh, random, You've got the whole uh, Middleton uh, chronology. You you're 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 going you're going down that rabbit hole there, Mister Manuk. Uh, three two for the Winnipeg Jets. How are they going to respond? That's the question for the final thirty, the final you know nineteen minutes and forty seconds of the third period, and they respond really well. Uh, two minutes and twenty six seconds later, it's not from uh, guys you would expect. It's not from guys you would necessarily roll off the top of your the tip of your tongue as goal scorers for this Jets team, but it's Axel Janssen Fialbi again getting his second of the year. It also doubles as our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. I took a two, uh, a few too many of those Seagram shots uh, last night. Uh, as I said, Laura and I were in Lexington, uh, so I'm feeling a little rough today. I'm not, uh, I'm not young, Dave. I don't, I'm not young anymore. I can't. Yeah. Not that I could ever really drink that well, but you know, if I drink too much, the few the, on occasion, it takes me about a good two or three days to bounce back. So I'm feeling a little bit under the weather uh, today. Uh, Laura and I had had some good times at the uh, Kentucky basketball game uh, yesterday. But Axel Janssen Fialbi, big thanks to our friends at Seagrams, is what I also meant to say there. Uh, 
for the go. sponsorship of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, New Year's Eve, that's tomorrow. Today's Saturday, so you might be tipping a few back. Whatever you're drinking, we encourage you to drink something delicious from our friends at Seagram's and mm-hmm. drink it responsibly as well. I also see some Farmery beer in the back corner there. That's also available at number two By Donald Street. Farmery beer. Uh, yes, go ahead. I was going to say that folks at Farmery want us to, awesome. to, to come to the uh, to the plant in Niverville or just outside Niverville of Niverville. Or Niverville. What did I say? Niverville? I meant You Nipua. said Niverville. It's in Niverville. Yeah, it is in Niperwa. We yeah, can go to Niverville too. All the, you drive past it all the time on your I, on your way up to riding out national park. Yeah, I know. But I got excited. The fastest growing community outside of Winnipeg, of course, Niverville. Shout out to ah. them. But uh, Niperwa, <laughs> uh, the home of Shea Knighty, of course. Yes. The um, just outside there, they they have the the farm. It's all farmery. Whenever you, as soon as you get to the town, it's farmery this, farmery that, and they've got their uh, they've got their uh, farm there, yeah. farmery farm, if you will. And uh, they want us to do some uh, beer distilling or something. So uh, we'll definitely be. I already talked to the guys saying that Drew and I in, are always a always wearing the same IC shirt and bump into each other regularly in uh, in Clear Lake. So uh, we won't be won't be hard for us to bring our microphones, our cameras and do a show in Riding Mountain National Park. And what's going to happen is we're going to wheel Ginsburg in like Hannibal Lecter style, uh, wrapped up uh, so that he can't do any damage to the uh, to the beer that is being made. You know, that's just uh, security and protection for all involved. Make sure Ginsburg uh, doesn't get out of hand. We're, we're, I mean, if he ever comes back, I don't know where the hell he is. To be perfectly honest, somewhere, somewhere south of warm. Is that where he is? He's in Mexico. Yeah. Okay, there yeah, you Mexico. go. Okay, well, and home of the Sawchucks also there. Kim Sawchuck, good friend of the show, uh, saying it as well. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, the Jets respond very well. Axel Janssen Fialbi, his second of the season, assisted Dominic Tony Nato and Morgan Barron. And boy, do you love this. This is just, again, another hardworking goal by the Winnipeg Jets. All, you know, with the exception of the first one, which is a bit fluky, the other three goals were almost carbon copies. This one is Morgan Barron dumps the puck in, uh, you know, to start the play. And then it's a hard four check. Uh, you know, Tony Nato is hard on the forecheck. John Merrill, who really had a rough game uh, for the Minnesota Wild here, couldn't handle the forecheck. So what ends up happening is Tony Nato gets the puck and he feeds it from behind the net out to Axel Janssen Fialbi and on and off his stick really quick, beating Marc-Andre Fleury, who started the third period uh, for the Minnesota Wild. Gustafson out uh, apparently with an injury. Um, haven't seen any sort of update. I'll check with, in with our friend Michael Russo on that. Uh, he covers the Wild for, for so many years of course um but it's mark andre flurry in net for the wild uh to start the third period and it's a bit of a rude awakening as the jets get back to a two-goal lead and this is just an absolutely massive goal coming from an unexpected source dave you're on mute sorry i was coughing i was having a coughing fit so i didn't want to I didn't want to. Didn't want the folks in the chat to be subjected to my uh, to my coughs. So, look, I, you you loved everything about this goal yes. because again, it was a nice stretch pass from the Jets zone after they they took the puck from Minnesota, and then you had a good forecheck and Dominic Tonnato and actually Anson Fialbi. I mean, look, the fact of the matter is these guys don't want to go back to the Moose. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. You don't. There's no slight to that. I mean, they're guys who want to play in the NHL. You, every guy wants to play in the NHL. Not one guy who's playing on the Moose says I don't want to play in the NHL. And the guys who are in the NHL don't go want to go back to the AHL. It's just the way, just the reality. Mm-hmm. So what are these guys doing when they get the opportunity? And we saw it early in the first period. Dominic Tonato had a good chance coming down, uh, had a good shot at the net, shot wide, but still, like, you like to see that they were being yeah. aggressive. And, I, you know, again, 
this year, more than any other year for the Winnipeg Jets, you have, and obviously the, right now the fourth line is, is a little bit in flux, but you have a fourth line that can be effective. And not only are they effective at preventing goals, but you want them to be able to contribute. And actually, Anson Fielby, we, we talked about it. You can't, I, I talked about it on this morning show with Jim where we were talking about players like Kevin Stenland and Saku Manalainen, specifically Saku Manalainen, because we talked about how important he was for the Jets' PK. But he couldn't do anything else. He had no, it's where offense went to die on his stick. And you, and actually on Sinfielbi, you know, he's, he's got a lot of speed. He can be effective on your PK, but you need to see him contributing. And so if he can play on the PK and he can contribute goals, that being his second in four games, I mean, that's important for, for a fourth line player. When you get those opportunities, you have to produce. And it was a nice pass by Dominic Toninato. That's his second assist of the season. And then in what is, is that his third game though? Uh, or second game, second be- game. Second game, yeah. Second Chicago game, yeah. Was the first he played game, the Chicago, right? yeah. He played the Chicago game and he played this game. So his second right. goal of the season, he's got two assists, and it was just it was just an effective play. And you wanted to see that. You wanted to see the guys make quick decisions, and that's what they did. Toninato didn't. He saw actually Anson Fielby. Actually, Anson Fielby has time and space, gets himself open, uses that effective speed that he has to to ensure that he's got that you know, opportunity created that opportunity for himself. And then he buries it quickly. And that's, you don't want to see him just like use that opportunity and, and put it into Marc-Andre Fleury in the, in the numbers or in the, not in the numbers, I guess, but in the, in the, in the, in the crest. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, he buries it. And it's, a, it's such a impactful goal because it's four, two crowds back into it. Yeah. And you're also, which you're also, you know, answering the bell. What is it two just over two minutes later. So yeah, it's, right. it's important. It's important for the, the confidence of your team, which again, I, I like the Jets' consistency. You know, it's, we talked about it, Drew. When they were playing five on five, it was pretty even. But you know, now when you're you're up four two, you're feeling like the Jets are able to lock that down. Yeah, exactly right. Well, because all evidence to that effect has been demonstrated throughout the course of this year that they've been able to lock that down, and that's exactly what they do. I mean, Nino Niederreiter had the hat trick on his stick if it wasn't that for was Mark Andre Fleury making a a tremendous save. I mean, he still got it. Mark Andre Fleury is you know a tremendous goaltender. I mean, you know, he can't be your number one anymore. He can't handle that kind of workload. He's you know uh, up there in in years, and but it's still great mm-hmm. to see him, and he's going to play his thousandth game tomorrow uh, against the Jets for the Wild as he entered the game. Gustafson injured uh, today, but he made a great save. And the you know the Wild uh, they kept battling. They certainly you know you 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 know they had the six on four at the, the late penalty, and then they made it. They pulled Flurry to make it six on four. But the Jets and Connor Hellebuck especially you know we're almost fifty minutes or over fifty minutes into this uh, into this show, and I don't really think we've mentioned Connor Hellebuck, but he was uh, again he was exactly what the Jets need from him. He was very steady and very solid. Uh, Except for the first game. period. In the first period, Drew. In the first period, there were a couple well, of instances where I was like. What is yeah? It? Where, where, like that was the, that the one three play. six the three sixty in the crease is that the one you're talking about? And the, honestly, I have a question for you. Did he make that save or did they shoot it wide? Because to my viewing, yeah, they shot he shot they shot it wide, but I couldn't like it. It is funny because when you heard people talk about it, it they made it sound like he didn't shoot it wide that or like that it was a save. So, but it was still unusual because all of a sudden he he was completely was turned around. Textbook. It was not textbook uh, positioning in 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 that instance. And, it and had, you, you know who. Funny, was, you know who was a little, you know, he was a little fish out of water. You know who he's sort of like there in terms of a goalie. Like, he's not necessarily textbook. <laughs> no, like Mark Andre Fleury is what I was oh. going to say. You know, because you know, again, not a guy who usually uh, is necessarily, uh, you know, big and big and boring all the time. He sometimes is a little bit wild and net, but effective. And that was one of those ones that you don't usually see from Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, because big and boring is usually his mo more than uh, Doug is uh, more than Hashik esque or 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 Fleury esque uh, in that instance. But uh, Doug is saying he thought it was wide. So 
Yeah, I mean, look, but, uh, but it, was just, it, was, it was just that one sequence, Drew, where it was yeah. he made he made that play where he was kind of turned around and the wild shot it wide, and then there was the other one where he went to uh, close his hand on the puck, didn't get it closed, and it created an opportunity where the wild came close to scoring and didn't. But that's the game of hockey where you love it because it's a game of of puck luck sometimes and, and inches, and in this instance, it was in the Jets' favor. Uh, so a quick update before we uh, wrap up the Betway game recap. Kapril Kaprizov uh, injured in today's game. No word if he's going to play tomorrow or not. But uh, Oh, is uh, that the, from that hit up by Brendan Dillon? Yeah, the cross-checks from Brendan Dillon, which of course has made uh, uh, Twitter, as you can imagine, has gone apoplectic. The Wild are calling for Dillon to, I believe, be uh, hung from the public gallows, <laughs> which don't exist. And Jets fans are responding and saying, that's nothing. It happens a million times a game. And, you know, whatever. I don't need to get into it. But uh, mm-hmm. Kaprizov uh, was out of the game for the for a, uh, last 10 minutes last 10 or so minutes yeah uh and that is going to be uh something to watch tomorrow if he ends up playing or not as the rematch takes place tomorrow afternoon in saint paul between these two teams that do not have any love loss for one another that's the betway game recap on this uh what is this saturday afternoon edition of the illegal curve post second last day of the year drew Second last day, the 30th. We do it again tomorrow. Uh, again, 1 o'clock Central Time with puck drop tomorrow. Uh, so post-game show right around 3.45, give or take a couple minutes there. Dave M. will be uh, manning, will be at the helm of the post-game show tomorrow with uh, special guests to be determined uh, at this point in time as I will be uh, traveling back from uh, the bluegrass to the flatlands. Uh, and on that note, when we come back, we're going to say goodbye to a friend that we've all missed and we've all loved being around for the last uh, week or 10 days or so. <laughs> and we'll have more on the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Jets victorious today, 4-2. It's the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, stay with us. We're live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, 
One call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Twenty minutes before the top of the hour. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, with you on this Saturday. Going to be a busy day, of course. Today we had the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, which Dave M. helmed earlier this morning. Did a fantastic job about that with our buddy Jim Toth, and then again tomorrow with the Jets in the Wild. So again, with the injury to Kaprizov, there's going to be uh, let's let's assume for argument's sake that he doesn't play tomorrow. There's sure. going to be no shortage of bad blood between these two teams, and it doesn't take much for the bad blood to grow between these teams and the fan bases and the franchises. So I think tomorrow uh, for a you know a second half of a back-to-back mid-afternoon start we'll probably have a little bit more uh we'll have even some additional heat to it beyond what it had this afternoon did did you see the did you watch the video it's pretty it's pretty mild it's nothing Uh, that i would describe am i I missing it happens a hundred times a game am i missing something and and only that priest literally turned around and hit Dylan the exact same way. Like I don't think it's the cross check to the back or to the ribs that injured him. I think his looks like his leg tweaked a little bit, or 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 something. Yeah, I don't know. I I just didn't seem vicious by any stretch. I don't know. Like I've seen that a million times in hockey game. I didn't. Again, this is nothing about Jets glasses or anything like that. If it was Cole Perfetti uh, on the receiving end of something like that, you'd be like Perfetti had a great game, by the way. Yeah, no, he was really effective actually, yeah. and he, you know he was frustrated because he couldn't score. But he, yeah. I actually thought he played he played a pretty pretty solid hockey game as well, Drew. But I'm just saying, like, if Cobra Fetty takes that hit, I, I don't know. I'm not sitting there. You're not you're not screaming bloody murder. I didn't think there was anything wrong. So maybe it just caught him and it just stunned him, yeah. whatever it was. But you know, I guess we'll hear more maybe tomorrow from the Wild. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't just I hadn't really seen it, and then we I just watched the replay during the break, and I didn't think that. Uh, I didn't think there was anything that was too egregious, but I, I suspect if anybody wants to make Brendan Dillon answer the bell, he'll happily answer that bell. Yeah, that's right. I don't think he'll. I don't think he's going to pass off that that fight to somebody else on the team. I think he'll gladly take yeah. the opportunity to uh, to throw a few knuckles. No question about it. Uh, Lauren Persuade getting the start tomorrow for yeah. the Winnipeg Jets. Again, no surprise there whatsoever. No. You, you know, no reason to run Hellebuck back to back in this instance. Uh, yeah. They have, of course, they'll be back in Winnipeg. You know, probably by. What they'd be back in Winnipeg, I bet you by 10 o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, and then they'll take uh, Monday off, New Year's Day. I don't think they're practicing Monday, at least you'll know, but you know better than I do. But they haven't come out with the schedule for next the week. The Jets, no, yeah. they're not gonna. I mean, I mean, I don't know that, but I mean, like after a back to back, I can't unlikely. see them. Yeah, yeah they'll, exactly. they'll be back Especially on the after New Year's Eve. <laughs> and then yeah. Tuesday, the Tampa Bay Lightning come to town. So it's, uh, you know, it's not like after Christmas where there's a couple days, it's, you know, right uh, straight from the, the frying pan back into the fire on, uh, on Tuesday. Well, that's. Night. 
that's what Rick Bonus was talking about previously. Was that you know when they were talking about getting uh, Rasmus Kupari back into the lineup, he mm-hmm. you know because he said he's closer than Villahinola, and he said, look, excuse me, we're not going to have a lot of of practice days, so he's going to you know have to get his chances to get on the ice. Now he'll still skate, but he just won't be able to practice with the team and get yeah. into battle drills and all that stuff. And and so like I I had suggested that maybe he does a conditioning assignment, which of course he would have to agree to. You can't just like send a player there. He has to agree to go on the conditioning assignment. Most players I don't think would say no. Right. Um, but again, line up for that so, and again, the reason why you'd say that Kupari would do it over, I mean, Hinola does it over Kupari is because Hinola hasn't played all season. Kupari at least you know played rec- relatively recently. So yeah, I, I still th- I still think it's an effective tool that you can use if need be to get a guy some games in. But again, like I said, we'll 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 cross that bridge when it's time to cross it. Exactly right. Uh, a couple post game comments before we uh, move on to some more of the shenanigans on the post game show. Uh, sure. Just courtesy of our friend Nino. Uh, I'm going to say our friend Nino Niederreiter. It's courtesy <laughs> of Murata Tesh quoting Nino Niederreiter on his ever growing collection of goals from two feet away. Quote: I think that's where my office is. I like to be in the paint. I try to get in there as good as possible and that is certainly what he's done very well for the winnipeg jets so far this year getting those goals from in tight and then he made fun of himself for not scoring the hat trick goal that it was a beautiful setup um saying when shifley gave me the last one for the third one i guess i've got to work on those that are from a little further out rather than the uh, be it being right next to the goal crease uh for that third one that flurry made the very nice save on so it was just too easy for him is what he's saying it was. It was yeah, the, that one. Was, that one. Yes, that one was a little too easy. Uh, he needed it to be a little bit. Uh, he he needed to be more in the dirty areas. He didn't like being in the soft ice. He liked being in the dirty areas of the ice to score. Uh, let's a uh, couple more things. We got to do, of course, the tough duck hardest hitting comment. We do that after each and every Winnipeg Jets uh, legal curve post game show. The tough duck hardest hitting comment. Plenty of discussion as of late uh, about the Jets' power play. It did not score tonight's game, but it was more effective. And that's why we're going to give tonight's uh, Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment to Running Man. Finally liked the movement of the PP. Had some good chances, just not rewarded. Not like the stagnant PP of past games. Keep doing it. It will eventually be rewarded. I would tend to agree with that. The power play uh, looked good. It was effective uh, in tonight's game in terms of generating scoring opportunities and generating good zone time. So in this case, I would say that running man is on to something and he's also on to a victory in the tough duck hardest hitting comment. So congratulations, running man. If you can send me an email with your mailing address, uh, that send that to drew at illegalcurve.com, or you can always slide into my DMs on uh, X slash Twitter at IC Drew. All we need is your mailing address, and our friends at Tough Duck will send out a toque to you. So thanks for listening to and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post game show. And as a result, congratulations on your victory in the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment for tonight. So there you go, Running Man, and I think the power play was more effective, and it just looked. It looked. Like Running Man is behind play. Drew, so Running Man doesn't doesn't know that he necessarily won because he's adding comments. Well, he but he's saying now, that he's, I think now he's caught up. telling yeah. him in the chat that everyone's yeah, telling him saying. he won. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, Funny. and then eventually he'll find out eventually if he doesn't already know. Running Man will find out. Well, he does know, but you know he does know because people said nice job, Running Man, so they're aware that uh, he, he just I'm saying it's funny that he's behind us and he, he's a winner. 
There you go. Okay. And then some future course, casting. Yes, exactly. We're both, pa- we're in the past, we're in the present. I'm not even sure what other uh, time running man, by the way, it. as mentioned by one of the folks um, in the chat, I didn't see who said the comment. Good movie. The movie Running Man. Okay. Remember I, that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with it, not uh, not terribly familiar with it, but I knew the title was, uh, it certainly had a, uh, there was a movie by that title, no question about that. Uh, we'll wrap up as it's getting uh, it's getting closer to 6 p.m. Eastern time, 5 o'clock back in Winnipeg, by sharing some photos of our very good friend, The Clock. Let's see if I can get that up on the screen. Photos. Yeah, hang on, I took some photos of The Clock. There Did we you go. you have like naughty photos of The Clock, Drew? Like, what's going on? Not naughty photos, just photos of the clock. I mean, it's been great being here in Kentucky and broadcasting from Kentucky. And, you know, the clock is, of course, a very important part of the uh, of the time here and the memories that we've shared with the clock over the past uh, 10 days or so. Here's the clock. Here's one photo of the clock. And I took some other photos of the clock so that we can all gaze upon its beauty and, and, and just marvel <laughs> at very the clock. intense. Well, you know, it is. This is all about the clock, Dave. I mean, people are here for the clock. They come a little bit for the the post game coverage, but more so just to see the clock in all. Yeah, the look what Spencey wants now, Drew. I, I would, I'm, I'm looking at the clock photos right now. I can't be bothered to what Spencey wants. What is Spencey? Ten want? minutes till ding dong. Stretch no, it out. I, don't I, think I think we're gonna make it. Oh, I, I think we got. I got ten. We got ten minutes easy. Drew. Uh, I'm not sure. We, I'm not sure we're gonna make it those ten minutes. We got to leave them. You know, uh, showmanship, Dave. Leave them wanting. Leave them wanting something more. That's Drew, the, the clock. The audience is still here. You got to keep them. Keep them. Keep There's them. Me in the, oh, the man, clock. Look, we had a nice. Drew, we had a nice what, time together. What am I watching right now? What the hell is going on? It's a picture I cannot of me believe and the it's clock. A picture. You, if you don't think that t- this is going to be the screen grab of today's show, you're absolutely wrong. Because first of all, I can't wait to get the message from Ezzy going, "What the hell is going on right now on the show?" Wow, this is, I mean, there's wow. no chance Ezzy's going to watch. He's going to f- follow up and watch what the, what the hell. Oh, I'm not, it's not about it's about. not about it's not about Ezzy following up. It's me taking a picture of this like that and then <laughs> texting it to Ezzy as we speak. This is okay. all in live, uh, this live in real time, live folks. Here. Exactly, hell of a yeah. show. It is it, the, the broadcast never ceases to exist, uh, never to get better. And there you go. Finish oh it off. God. We love you, clock. And we do. I mean, the clock is really it brings tears to my I'm getting a little I'm getting a little teary eyed here. The clock is very special to all of us. Uh, you know, as, as you can see, I, I drew a heart and that's about as artistic as I can get. And then, uh, of course, uh, everything else. Uh, there you go. The clock will be back, of course. I think you should name the clock, though, Drew. I mean, disgruntled wheat thinks that that's it. The name is ding dong for the clock. The name ding dong I mean, for the ding ding is is what he says I think is ding ding the, sorry ding ding for the clock I'm the ding ding, ding dong who couldn't read but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, reading is hard you know, yeah reading is hard but uh, well you know you have English problems I have reading comprehension problems I mean it's not you know Clocktoberfest from Jack's Tunes I mean this is this is this is this is peak entertainment I think is what I saw from the uh, what I saw one of the people in the chat and let me tell you this is this is oh someone says it Matthew Thompson says it will always be Tim's clock. Well, I mean, it is Tim's clock. You know, it's Tim and Charlotte's clock. It's not my clock. I'm just, I'm just borrowing the clock. I don't know. People want you to bring the clock back to Winnipeg, Drew. I'm not taking the clock off the wall. I, I cannot. I cannot do that. I'm not schlepping a clock for, uh, in my luggage along with my kids and my and and Laura. And the, not that the kids are in the luggage, and not that Laura's in the <laughs> Christmas gifts and everything else. I'm not bringing the clock back to Winnipeg. It's more special when we do the clock. That's uh, true. On occasion. I suppose if the clock was here all the time, then nobody would be nobody would be that excited about it. It's got to be a once a year sort of thing uh, it, it, when it comes to the clock. And whoever says Scrandall Weed is going back to Ding Dong. So apparently, I my misinterpretation was actually the correct interpretation. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. And uh, 
whoever said that we're going to replace Ezzy with the clock, I think that's you're you're not doing the clock justice. Uh, Ezzy, uh, the clock can replace two Ezzies. That's how important the clock is to the. To I the do show. I do have a question though, Drew, for you, and it's not is because it clock, is to... it clock related? It is clock related, okay, and it's good. not because I'm just trying to stretch out the clock for another nine minutes. So yeah. we hear ding ding or ding ding dong, but. When exactly did you take all of these pictures and decide uh, between, to create a between clock? The, between the second collage? and third period. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's fine. Yeah, I didn't just like run and do it. I, I planned this ahead of time. This is a this is a well-oiled machine, this show is, Dave. You know, yeah. So we're, you no, know. no, I, I, I can appreciate it. But I mean, again, the, the, it's one of the, the highlights that people get from you being in Kentucky every year is that people see the clock and they yeah. gravitate towards the clock and, you know, they want all things clock. So, I mean, exactly. good, good for you. There you go. So we're you're, we do love you, clock. Uh, the reason why I'm not going to get the clock on the, the the final broadcast, the actual ding dong, is yeah. that dinner is being prepared in the kitchen right now. And okay. I think if I walked in there with the with the uh, computer to show the clock, I might get stabbed uh, by oh. somebody who's making dinner. So I'm going to okay. avoid doing that. I see. Yeah. I see where you're going. But do you think we'd be able to hear the clock from where we are? Because I mean, no. a clock really it, it it it's it's a fairly loud chime. It's a fairly it's a, it's a, it's a good chime, but I'm sort of, uh, you know, uh, in the uh, buried in the corner, uh, not in mm -hmm. the same room as the clock. I mean, the yeah. clock did go off, you know, you know, an hour and or fifty three minutes ago, so and nobody heard it. So I think that tells uh, you that, the, that we are too far away uh, from the clock uh, right now. It's not three forty nine in Kentucky, or maybe it was when I took the photos, uh, Spencey. Yes. That's exactly. That's, that's right. obviously yeah. what Spencey was referencing there, Drew. Yeah exactly right so there you go there's the <laughs> clock the way, is your boy bruce that's a good one as he is a clock walker <laughs> yeah as he's a clock walker is also very good i mean i think you know maybe we'll just have a clock cam maybe that's what we can just do from now on i'll just get the uh, just a constant camera like set up on the clock to see what the clock is doing at all at all hours of the day to see if it ever does anything at the least bit interesting uh in any event i was also going to sing i will remember you uh you oh know, my Sarah god no, no singing. we've I... already lost enough viewers uh for this this little as this little escapade of you it's a mandela escapade or something yeah. right now <laughs> there you go what's, by the way what's on what's on for dinner tonight drew uh, i think we we're doing cheeseburgers if i'm not mistaken I'm anybody not really... any biscuits uh we there were biscuits for breakfast oh is that yeah. a is biscuits or a breakfast thing big, big biscuits or a breakfast thing yeah gotcha uh but uh we had so there were some cheese grits yesterday cheese grits are also very good i had shreddies for breakfast Oh, although, actually, although I actually ate it for lunch, but oh well, so, you know, some of us wake up before noon. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of us were doing the show and didn't want to have, <laughs> didn't want to have to, a full stomach, so I had to wait. I sacrificed myself to do the show with sans on an empty stomach, and then decided to have some shreddies. There you go. You've worked hard today. I think you've you've worked hard enough. You got post game work to go do. You should go spend some quality time and do whatever you're going to do for the rest of the evening. But of course, have everyone join us tomorrow night as well. Well, no, and I was going to say if you want to hear the. Post game comments from head coach Rick Bonus. We've of course got those up on our YouTube channel. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you're a subscriber, folks. Lots of you are, and we appreciate that. But I want to make sure all of you are. So if you can, please subscribe. Oh, I like that. I like there that. That's go. gonna be great. I, first of all, the icy tailgate. Spency bringing that out. That's just a. That's just a, a beauty. A beautiful thing. So we'll uh, hopefully have another one very soon for you. We'll have a. Hopefully have a Boston pizza night to announce uh, for the new year and it, it's going to be very exciting. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to 2024, but I will not close things out, Drew, because I, no. of course, get to spend one more day with all the folks in 2023. It will be a Moose Day. It will be a Jets Day. Moose made a, a recall today, Carson Golder from ECHL. So uh, I don't know if they're dealing with an injury situation there. They practiced, of course, while we were on the air. So I didn't pay attention to what was going on over there. 
And so we'll have to see uh, what they what's going on. Chaz Lucius, uh, Mark Morrison, head coach, told me because he didn't play yesterday and folks were already kind of lamenting his injury status, but he is dealing with an illness. So he's away from the team right now because the team doesn't want to get infected. Uh, but he is fine from an from a from a health perspective, other than the fact that he's dealing with an illness. So right. folks were a little worried. Not injured, just ill. That's right. So he'll he won't play. He's not expected to play tomorrow in the rematch with the Texas Stars. Right. But uh, and and again, good crowd tomorrow. Over seven thousand. If you want to see watch, you can watch the Jets game from one till what is it? One till three forty five. Join yeah. me for the post game show, and then join me at Canada Life and twenty twenty four with Dave M. It's always there you go. It's always it's yes. always gonna be fun. That sounds like a great plan as far as I'm concerned. I want to say a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, the website a possibility, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. If you're looking for something to do tonight, two shows at Rumors, 7.15 and 9.45. And then again, two shows tomorrow, New Year's Eve, Sunday. Uh, there's an early show, and then, of course, there's a later show that includes party favors and countdown and, and I believe, uh, champagne or sparkling wine, something like that, at midnight. So two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, rumorscomedyclub.com. Our friends at Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, they're the title sponsor of the post-game show. Our friends at Tough Duck, congratulations to Running Man. He won the Tough Duck Took. Boston Pizza will be live there coming up in January. More details to come. Seagram's, they sponsor the shot of the game. That went to Axel Janssen Fialbi's uh, goal, the fourth goal for the Winnipeg Jets. Rollies transfer and, of course, Farmery beer. If you're looking for a beer to drink over the next couple of days and going forward, we do recommend Legal Curve Lager available at number two Donald Street. That's the Farmery beer retail location. Big thanks to all of you who joined Dave this morning and joined both of us this afternoon. In case you missed any of the show, it's available, the instant replay on YouTube, and, of course, the podcast edition of the show coming up shortly. Uh, for Dave Manuk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Happy New Year. Dave will be back tomorrow. I won't. So thanks to everyone for a great 2023. Moving forward in 2024, all the best. Celebrate responsibly. Have a great day with Dave tomorrow and whatever you'd get up to for your New Year's Eve shenanigans. Jets win 4-2 until tomorrow at about 3.45 p.m. Central Time. We wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.